Welcome back to Dantescomedy.com and our reading of Purgatory. And today we're going to look at the fifth terrace. So now we're more than halfway through the book. And we're now into the third category in a sense of that which is the excessive love. Meaning too much of, in this case, desire for the three top levels of avarice, gluttony and lust. And it's also... Uh, you're going to see here kind of a momentous shift in the whole story as well through this figure of Statius. So first we're going to have the literal part. So they arrive at the fifth level, the fifth terrace, and then it's almost humorous because immediately they ask for the way to go further up. So there's kind of this impatience and also this acceleration of movement as we're now going further up, a little bit almost pointing back to at the beginning in Antipurgatory, when Virgil is explaining that it's hardest in the beginning, and then at the end it will feel, climbing will feel like floating downwards on a boat on a little stream, a little river. So then they talk with the shades, the souls, and then this is then those who had avarice or greed as their, their, uh, their vice or their sin in life, and they're all lying down at the ground and just staring down in the ground, lying flat on their on their bellies. And this is the uh, like a metaphor of having the the punishment of um, just being completely bound to the earthly. As avarice is kind of the greed for the earthly goods, so now they kind of completely stuck with it and just having to stare down and also then indirectly not being able to see up meaning to see the spiritual and see the heavenly it's like totally invisible for them as they just had their eyes are just glued down <laughs> to the ground and then they so the pilgrim is talking with some of the souls and then you get this huge moment where the the ground is shaking and the whole mountain is trembling and this is a kind of a frightening and, and confusing moment for the pilgrim at first. And we don't get the explanation immediately. So then a little bit later, there is a shade that is appearing and he's talking about his admiration for Virgil. And this is the figure of Statius. So he is, in a sense, a momentous transitional figure. As a new guide, he will follow us all the way to the last page through the three levels and also through Garden of Eden to the last river of you know. So... He is, uh, we're going to have more of this afterwards, but like he is a Roman poet, but he was also kind of a secret Christian. So he, he is symbolically being kind of a, a one who expands Virgil as a, as a figure, being a poet, but then being more of the spiritual and then kind of moving us towards Beatrice, who is then the full spiritual uh, divine love revelation uh, intuition, mystery, and and kind of this portal into the whole of the heavenly. So this is then Statius, and then he is he understands. There's also a, a nice three play there with Virgil and the Pilgrim and Statius that they are drawn together in this little <laughs> social dynamic because as Statius is admiring Virgil, the Pilgrim is smiling, and that little smile is caught by Statius. And then the pilgrim doesn't know what to do. And then the virgin says, it's okay, you can tell him. And then they have this, this kind of social dynamic going. 
which is a bit of a contrast to Sordello, which is only talking with Virgil. So then Virgil and Statius talk about poetry and poets at length. And this is partly a way of showing both Dante's love for poetry, but also poetry as that it is the, in some sense, it is the medium for the whole of the divine comedy, but it's also then seen as the portal to the symbolic. So this is kind of how even Virgil as a, like a figure of rationality, but he is also a poet, which is one of the, the, the kind of marvelous ways of opening into a, a more transcendent and mysterious world through metaphor and symbolism which in itself means kind of binding into something that is beyond the rational. So there is a long list of big poet poets from, from the ancient uh, times and through the medieval times. And, and also then just uh, as, a, as a way of, of admiring and, and putting poetry as something that is guiding uh, the, the whole journey for the pilgrim. And then they reach level six. So that is the, the literal story. It's a quite long terrace as well. It's uh, four chapters almost. And the overall themes is that they're very close to the top. And then Statius as this overlapping figure. And uh, we'll read some, some excerpts now. And then we're going to say a little bit more about what Statius uh, means deeper symbolically. So first we have the moment where the mountain is shaking. So it says... We had already taken leave of him, and we were striving to cover as much ground as those prostrate souls allowed us to, when suddenly I felt the mountain shake as if about to crumble, and I felt my body numb, seized by the chill of death. And then he also says, uh, like, Delos before Latona nested there, the Greek myth, in order to give birth to those two eyes that shine in heaven, the moon and the, the sun, was never shaken more. Then on all sides a shout rose up so loud, my master grew, drew close to me and said, you need not fear while I am still your guide. Gloria in excelsis, all sung. Deo. So this is like the, the divine glory of the divine in the highest. And so this is the moment which we're going to be, we get the explanation very shortly, that this is when a soul is released from the, from the atonement and the work in the Mount Purgatory and ready to ascend up into paradise. So after this, they meet Statius and then Virgil asks him, but can you tell me why the mountain shook so hard just now and why all of the souls down to its marshy base cried out as one? And then Statius is explaining. This place is not subject to any change. What heaven takes from itself into itself and nothing else can serve as cause up here. Therefore no rain, no hail, no snow can fall nor dew, nor hoarfrost form at any point beyond the three-step stairway down below. So two very important things here. One is that he's explaining that the big threshold starts with the gate of purgatory in chapter 9, with the three-step stairway, and that's the point. This is also the end of the first day. 
or after the first day. So that's when we enter into a transition towards the spiritual. And then he also says that the terraces and this part of the climb is not any more uh, uh, earthly material story. This is uh, an ascent at the same time as you go deeper into the topics towards something beyond and the mystery and the spiritual. And it's also then that's why he's saying that nothing else can serve as the cause up here. So when you have, when the mountain is trembling, that is a spiritual reason behind that. So then, and then we quickly understand that so this is because Statues has been released after so many years. So he says, Up here the mountain trembles when some soul feels itself pure enough to stand erect or start at once to climb. Then comes the shout. The will to rise alone proves purity. Once freed, it takes possession of the soul and wills the soul to change its company. And he says, it, it will to climb before, but the desire high justice set against it inspired it to wish to suffer as once it wished to sin. And I, who for 500 years or more have lain here in my pain, felt only now will free to raise me to a higher sill. So this is the moment when, kind of, if you think all the way back to the beginning of the trilogy, like being lost in a dark wood, a big part of the metaphor is being lost in the, having lost uh, Beatrice, metaphorically, or being lost in a purely rational world that that is just without any light in it and you, and you can't move out of it without help. And at this point, when the mountain is shaking, is the symbol, symbolic moment when it's finally kind of gone through purification and the work and is ready to ascend into a more, more um, divine realm in the third book. And then the whole, the whole transition and the whole growth that has been gradual, incremental all the way, especially from the beach in the purgatory, has reached this kind of clicking point where suddenly now it's all trembling. And it also makes the whole story kind of shake in its foundations. So now the purgatory and the divine comedy has changed fundamentally as a story. So that is the tremble in the mountain. And one more is just, there's a nice description when they reach the next terrace, which is in a sense just describing the consequence of this, like a, a small one of it, which is, the poets now were free of walls and stairs, both of them standing silent on the ledge, eager again to gaze at everything. So this is a very symbolic tercet that they're now free of walls and stairs because Statius is now, he has finished the work, now he's ready for paradise. He just needs to, <laughs> to climb up the, the, the rest of the mountain, but he's not going to stay and do any atonement anymore. And then the freedom, the, just the word free is incredibly important here. And they're standing silently on the ledge, they're eager again to gaze at everything. So they, they have this... This is the whole rebirth theme that creates this eagerness, this appetite, and this incredible joy of just seeing the world again. And they want to be, or they want to explore and take everything in. So the whole rebirth is then 
shown here with statues. This is also the beginning of the third day. So we've just finished at the dream and the, like for the second night. So this is the third day. It's a new day and then statues comes and then the mountain is shaking. And we are just at another place in the story. And we, with the two poets now in front, are kind of being prepared to see everything now with new eyes. Okay, so those are the main main points from the fifth terrace. There's also a huge uh, tribute to poverty as the offsetting virtue, which makes, because it removes you from the material temptations and also the kind of the, the material desire. So poverty is the virtue here. And then we also see then how statues signifies a big leap forward in the story. So with that, we only have three episodes left with two terraces and then the Garden of Eden. So it is getting closer to the moment where it is a bit like gliding down the river in a little boat. And then we see the final crowning moments towards the end of the story. So um, with that, we're going to stop this one. It's a bit more than 10 minutes, but um, you have to <laughs> it's, a, it's a big one, this terrace. So hope some of this was helpful, interesting, maybe some food for thought. And as always, thank you so much for listening and see you again in the next episode.